Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi everyone and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast, where we talk about our favourite movies, TV shows and video games. As always, I'm your host Shravan. We have our co-host Taran here with us in Hobart. Hey everyone. So, this week we're going to be talking about a couple of things, but mainly about the Netflix show Umbrella Academy, which I actually haven't seen, but I watched a YouTube video which explained the whole story to me, <laughs> so I kind of know it. But Taran has actually watched it, so he'll be he'll be talking about that. And then later on in the episode, in the lead up to Captain Marvel coming out next week, I'm going to talk about a movie that's strangely quite related to Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's not really. When you hear when you hear what movie it is, you'll be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So we'll talk about that afterwards. And then we also have, we also had a couple of trailers that came out this week. So we can talk about those, Detective Pikachu and Dark Phoenix. But before we start on anything... I thought it'd be good to have a who am I of comic books before we start every episode. So this is going to be our first one. So what okay. we'll do is I'll I'll explain the well I'll I'll say who it is in terms of I'll give you all the clues and then at the end of the so episode, you'll say the name and I'll say the I'll name have and you have say... to expl- you, and then you have to guess the clues. No, okay, I'll give yeah. you the clues and this then this is a really easy quiz. <laughs> I'll give you the clues, and then at the end of the episode, I'll reveal who the person is. So you'll you'll have the episode to think about it. You might get it straight away in some cases. Is it is it for me to guess or for the viewers to guess? You can also guess it, but you can't say it straight away. Okay. <laughs> Got to wait till the end of the episode. Okay. So, who am I? I'm a direct descendant of Genghis Khan and was born to a wealthy father who lost everything in a communist revolution. After finding the key to my powers in a crashed alien starship, I made plans to seize the world only to clash often with my arch nemesis, who's a key member of the Avengers. I developed teleportation technology that I used to get myself out of trouble. I teamed up with various villains, including Enchantress, Executioner, and Living Laser. My first appearance in comics was in 1964. I, know, I think I know who it is. You think you know? Okay. Well, I've got an extra clue if you... A bonus clue if you want it. This character is six feet and two inches tall and 215 pounds in weight. Bit of a heavy boy. Let's go to the gym. All right. So we'll revisit that at the end of the episode. But uh, if you if you already know what the answer is, just keep that in mind. So Umbrella Academy, Netflix show, which you have seen, came out on the 15th of February. And it's an adaptation of a comic book series of the same name. And it's created by Gerard Way and Gabriel Bach. And it's published by Dark Horse Comics. So Gerard Way, apparently he's a... Biochemical romance? Yeah. So he's one of the vocalists, I think. Interesting. uh, Obviously very talented if he can sing and write comics. Yeah. So what what is the... We'll jump straight into the the review. So what what is the story, non-spoiler? Non-spoiler story. Okay, if you've seen the trailer, you probably know what it is, but there's all these women that 
give birth on the same day and they were pregnant. Yeah. So the 1st of October, 1989. Okay. I didn't know the date, but... 43 women. (laughs) And then this rich billionaire buys seven of the kids and it turns out they have superpowers. And it flicks between the past and the present when the the present is just after the father's died and in the past when they're kids and the father's a bit of a dick. So it's got a portion of it which is in present day as well as in the while they're growing most of up. It's pre- most of it's present and then it flicks back to the past sometimes. And these women, they were not pregnant. They no. just, in a, in a second, they ended up giving birth. Yeah. So there's always just some like, supernatural powers or something happening also that's never explained in this season so yeah just happens so that they find seven of the 43 yeah he buys seven of the 43 and he trains them up to become the be like a superhero team but he's like he's he's not a good father figure (laughs) yeah i heard it has vibes of hill house a little bit as well it's not a horror movie and a horror show no like how so? In the sense that it it shows them when they're older and then when they're younger. And then some of the characters are also a little bit like the characters in Hill House. Yeah, yeah. that that That's fair enough, yeah. Except it's probably not as good as Hill House. No, no. I don't think it was as good. I thought it was okay. It definitely reminds me of X-Men as well. It's like X-Men except they're, they're messed up. <laughs> like, they're not all... Like, good character. Like, even Wolverine is, like, the most messed up X-Men, and he would be normal compared to these guys. Well, Ellen Page is in it as well, who was in X-Men. Yes, but not the same character. She's not Kitty Pride. No, unfortunately not. Okay, before we go into any spoilers, we'll do our, we'll do our review, and then we'll jump into full spoilers. So, what are the positives? Uh, the, pos- the music is very good. Did you hear that in that video? No, I didn't. They talk about the music. No, no, the music's actually really good. It's kind of like. Is it from My Chemical? Nah, they're not all from My Chemical. I don't know if any of them are from My Chemical Romance, but yeah, it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy esque. Oh, eighties. Yeah. So it's got that eighties um, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Most of it's like older music. I don't think they had any. Oh, they had a couple of new songs, but yeah, all the characters are pretty good and they're compelling. And there's actually growth with the characters as kind of the season moves on. So, and the story, the story is pretty good. It moves a bit slowly to begin with, but then towards the end of the season, it gets better. And negatives? Uh, the story moves a bit slowly. A bit slow. Okay. Yeah. And I heard tonally, it's like a bit all over the place. It can be inconsistent at times. Sometimes it's really serious and sometimes it's a bit more funny. The villain initially is not that compelling. Like at the... to. At the beginning, there's kind of no villain, and then it kind of shows a villain, but then he's not the real villain. So yeah, it's hard because there's no. It's kind of like Titans, which we haven't talked about yet, but there's no real villain for the season. But you prefer Titans over this? No, nah, I probably prefer this. Okay, <laughs> the acting's better in this than Titans. Oh, fair enough. So there's a total of ten episodes. This season was kind of reflective of the first volume of the comic, and there's eight volumes of the comic. I heard they mix some other parts of into the this other. season, though. Yeah, of the other comics. Yeah, yeah. But I think the their intention is to do quite a few seasons of this. Yeah. Okay. And there's also scope for a lot of spin-offs and stuff. Apparently. Yeah, there probably is. Also, there's um a really good CGI monkey in this. Did see that? There's the butler or something, right? Yeah. 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 Basically, it looks like Caesar, but well dressed. Yeah, it's surprisingly good for a TV show. Apparently the same people that worked on Planet of the Apes worked on on him, specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen kind of visuals from other parts of the show that aren't as good. There's this guy who's kind of got a gorilla body and a... Well, not gorilla body, but he's got this, like, really big body. It's hairy. It doesn't look that great when they show it. If that's all in terms of... Non-spoilers, we'll um, give our Infinity Stone rating, which we introduced last week. Yeah. Uh, in, well, in the last episode. So the way it works is we go through every Infinity Stone and we we rate the show or the movie based on whether it 
has that stone or not. It sounds confusing, but you'll understand when we, when we actually do it. So, does this have the soul stone? Yes. Yes, it does. It has some heart in it, so... Yeah, it's got lots of uh, brother brother and sister dynamics and lots of heart, yeah. So it's got the soul stone. Does it have the power stone? Yeah, yep. It's got this guy who's like half gorilla, so yeah. And also his superpower is that he's super strong. Does it have the time stone? Yeah, so it's got time travel in it. Okay, it's got time travel. So it's ticked off three so far, three left. Does it have the reality stone? Look, it is, it's it's probably one of the more realistic superhero things I've seen, so I reckon it has it. You reckon it has it? Okay, that's, that's, yeah. uh, sounds like a bit of a question, half. but let's see. I think half. Okay. Half. Yeah. The Mind Stone? Does it make you think? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a complex, it's got a complex plot point. You don't need to completely switch off your mind to watch it. No, no. You kind of yeah. need to. You kind of need to be paying attention. Yes, okay. Does it have the Space Stone? This one's interesting, but yes, it does. <laughs> um, one of the characters lives on the moon for a period of time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if you if you have that in the... You kind of have to have the space stone then. Yeah. So, overall, it looks like it's got soul, time, power, a bit of reality, a bit of mind, and space. Yeah, so, I agree. So, you would give it half of reality and half of... Maybe half of reality full of... Full of mind and... Half of space? No, full space. He's in space. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So that's um, five and a half. Yeah. Five and a half out of six Infinity Stones. So that's that's pretty good. It ticked ticked nearly all the boxes. It has people with superpowers, so I guess that doesn't really make it that real. Yeah, I guess any superhero movie would have that drawback. Well, superhero TV show or movie. Okay, so we'll jump into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Umbrella Academy and you do care about spoilers, please come back to this point in the episode and we'll talk spoilers. After you've seen it. After you've seen it. Yeah, don't come back before you've seen it. Because <laughs> that, yeah. Unless you don't care. And you just yeah, want to unless you don't care. All right, spoilers. So what do you know about it? Pretty much everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Basically, the first episode, they all come together because the dad's the dad dies, and they all they've all got different numbers. So number one is the guy who has superpowers. Number two is a guy who kind of can throw knives and stuff, and he can control which direction they go in. So he's like Gambit, kind of yes. Except yep. Gambit throws playing cards. Yeah, N- number three is um this girl who she the rumor says, girl i heard yeah the rumor girl so she says i hear a rumor and whatever and then whatever she says comes true they do what she says yeah so she could be like i heard a rumor that you at one part in the show you hear her say it and she says i heard a rumor that you shot your friend in the foot and then the guy shoots his friend in the foot so she's kind of like that character in x-men origins wolverine I've seen that movie like one time and I don't remember. <laughs> no, you know, um, Wolverine's, I think she's oh, his yeah, yeah, wife yeah, or something. Like and like yeah. if she touches yeah. someone and says something, they like, they do it. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Number four is Ben. Is it? He's the one that's dead? Yeah, I think number four is the one that's dead. Five, six. No, I'm missing something. No, number four is Klaus. And he's, um, is it? Can you look it up for me? I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's... So he's the one that can do telekinesis and... So he's... Well, at the start, he's a drug addict. So he kind of loses all these powers. Okay. So he's like high all the time. So he's like the Luke of the show. Kind of, yeah. He's like on heroin and everything. He's really funny, actually. But he's, he's constantly drunk and on heroin. But originally his powers were that he could talk to the dead. And in the present... In the present, he can't do anything. In the present... So all of these people have different professions, right? So Alison is an So Alison's a movie star. The number two is like a vigilante. He used to be a police officer, but he's a vigilante now. Number one lives on the moon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's the one with the um, ape body. Ape body, yeah. 
number, uh, well, class is a drug addict, homeless. Is he, He's either number four or number five. And number four or number five is Ben as well. And Ben's dead. Wait, no, is number five the one without a name? Oh, no, you're right. Number five is... Okay, I got, I got confused. I think number four is class. Number five is... The time-traveling little kid. The time-traveling, yeah. So there's this... One of the kids time travels when he was younger and he goes forward in time and sees the apocalypse and then he comes back in time to kind of save the apocalypse. But he's aged 70 years before he comes back in time. But he, when he comes back in time, he's still in the kid's body. So he's like a 70-year-old in a 13-year-old kid's body. And his powers are he can teleport and he can time travel. Number six is Ben, who died when they were younger. It's unclear how he died, but his powers are like he has like tentacles that come out of his body. Yeah, so he's like a yeah. shape shifter. Kind of, yeah. And number seven is Ellen Page, and she doesn't have any powers, and she plays the violin. Maybe she's just really good at playing violin. That's her powers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she plays the violin. Yeah, but. As you find out later in the season, she's basically Dark it's, Phoenix. It's very, as you said, it's very Dark phoenix <laughs> yeah. They're basically suppressing her powers. Or So what actually are her powers? So she's got like, um, it's kind of like telekinesis-ish. She can do everything. She like shoots lasers. She has like force fields and she like bend cars and stuff and like, pick up things with her mind. She does a bit of everything. Basically Jean Grey. Yeah, basically. But the overall story of it is, in the first episode, there's, like, kind of two plot points that start off. One, the first plot point is, number one, thinks someone killed the dad, and he wants to find out who killed the dad. And then number five comes back from the past, from the future, and says there's an apocalypse, and he wants to kind of stop the apocalypse, which is happening in eight days. So he wants the Avengers to assemble. Not really. He's kind of a dick and he doesn't want any of their help. Oh, okay. Then why does he tell them? He doesn't trust them. He doesn't tell them. He doesn't tell them until way later. But he he comes back in time to try and stop the apocalypse. But he doesn't tell them until like episode seven or something. That's a bit late. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's a bit of a dick. But he can time travel so he could just go back and tell them earlier. Uh, yes, except he's kind of crazy as well. Like, the time travel's ruined his mind, and he's a bit crazy. He's, like, in love with this, do you know, yeah, he's in love with this mannequin that he calls um Dolores, I think. Yeah, yeah, in the future. Oh, is it in the future? Yeah, yeah in the future, he meets this mannequin, and, yeah, for, like, 50 years, that's the only person he talks to. So, yeah, they're, they're the two overarching story points later in the season you find out that the father killed himself to bring them all together to stop the apocalypse so somehow the dad knew that the apocalypse was going to happen not sure how why or how yet also you find out that like number one is the one that always is loyal to the father and he keeps thinking that the apocalypse has something to do with being being on the moon because he his dad sent him to the moon but in the end, you find out that his dad just sent him to the moon to send him to the moon. There's no reason for it. So he just lived on the moon for no reason. For three years. Okay. What was he doing? He was collecting soil samples. That's a lot of samples. Yeah. Yeah. And you find out that the dad never opened the samples that he sent back. So how does he get the eight body? So he has like a training, not, he's doing his superhero things and he gets thrown in like a nuclear vat or something and his body's getting destroyed and then they inject Pogo's blood into him. So he gets that from the, uh, the, but- the eight butler. And Ellen Page's character, she's basically write a, writing a book or something or wrote a book about them. So she wrote a book in the past, kind of like the Steve. first guy in, um, yeah, yeah, in Hill in House. Hill House. So he wrote, she wrote a book about being number seven and how like all her siblings left her out because she didn't have superpowers. So she's actually the youngest out of all of them. No, they're all the same age. They're born on the same day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they but all... there's like seconds in between and that's why they have numbers, right? No, he just numbered them. 
according to how important important he thought they were. Oh no, she does have powers, but she he didn't want anyone to know that she had powers. Yeah, he didn't want anyone to know she had powers. He didn't want her to use it because he he trained her to he started training her to use her powers, but then he thought she was too powerful. So then he like drugged her up and and told the rumor girl to rumor tell her. girl to say yeah that she doesn't have powers. So basically, her powers are suppressed, and there's a bit of Incredibles in this because there's this kid when the Umbrella Academy was when they were still superheroes back in the day. He was like addicted with the Umbrella Academy, and they used to make comic books about the the kids and stuff. And he used to read them, and his father like abused him when he was younger. And he wanted to join the Umbrella Academy because he was born on the same day as them. And he thought he was special, but he wasn't. He was just a normal kid. And the uh, the father kicks him out. And then he goes home and he's angry and he kills his dad. And then he goes to jail for 20 years or something. And then he comes out and he wants to kind of get revenge on the Umbrella Academy. So what he does is he meets up with Ellen Page. And he also gets his hands on the father's diary just after he dies. And he finds out that Ellen Page has superpowers. And he tries to kind of manipulate her to use them. And he, like, he turns Ellen Page against the rest of the family. And Ellen Page listens to him because she has no friends. And then Allison, who's his sister, keeps trying to tell her that this guy's dodgy. But then she, uh, yeah, she kills Allison. <laughs> oh, she kills her. She nearly kills her. She slits her throat, but then they save her. Oh, but then she can't. She can't talk anymore. Yeah, fair enough. So that guy's like Syndrome. Does he have any powers? No. So he's just a guy. He's just a guy. And he like manipulates Ellen Page. So he's the cause of the apocalypse. You think so? So actually, at the end, um, what's his name? Number five. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in the series. Number five works for this company that um, they travel through time and prevent changes in the timeline. So they're like the, what's that movie with Matt Damon? Oh, the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, they're like that. Yeah, yeah. They send him through different points in time and he's like either got to protect or kill someone uh, to maintain the timeline. And to maintain the apocalypse timeline, they have to protect the, the guy that manipulates Ellen Page. But what you find out is that the person that actually causes the apocalypse is Ellen Page. Because she goes crazy after she kills Allison, and she goes, she finds out that the the guy was manipulating her, and she kills him as well. Okay, <laughs> and um, she goes to play her violin concert, and she's like in this trance where she's just like playing violin and like wasting people, and they try and stop her. And in the end, Allison shoots a gun next to her head. She doesn't shoot her, but she shoots a gun next to her head to stop her from killing all her siblings. But then Ellen Page like does like a Superman eye eye blast into the sky, like a laser, like laser, laser eyes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, laser eyes into the sky, and it hits the moon and destroys the moon. And a massive asteroid comes towards the Earth and causes the apocalypse. So at the, at the end of the show, they don't stop the apocalypse. So it still happens. Yeah, it destroys everything. Just before everything gets destroyed, number five teleports them all to a undisclosed place. And that's the last scene. Including Ellen Page? Yeah, all of them. Just just them or like everyone on Earth? No, 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 just them. Just okay. the siblings. Yeah. And also, class gets sober and you find out he can summon people from the dead to do stuff. And he summons Ben... And he he uses Ben's powers to kind of destroy everyone. Destroy everyone? Well, not destroy. Like, there's the Adjustment Bureau people come to try and stop them. And he, yeah, he, like, uses his powers. He uses Ben's powers to stop them. Yeah. And also, there's this random part in the, in the, um, in the series where this is what st- triggers class to get sober, but... There's these suitcases that the Adjustment Bureau people use to travel between time. And he accidentally opens one of the suitcases because he thinks there's money in it. And he travels back to World War II. And he fights in World War II with this guy who he falls in love with. And the guy dies. And then he comes back to the present time. 
and then he wants to become sober so he can talk to that guy in in the dead. Okay. How, how much of an episode did they devote to that story? It's It happens quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, like, there's a lot happening in this show. Yeah, like, each character gets their own moment. And, like, I didn't even talk about number two storyline and all that. But so who's number the, two? Number two is the knife-throwing guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how is he number two? Because all he can do is throw knives. He's he's pretty good at throwing knives. <laughs> he's like I would really have thought the it. most important one... Well, the most important one is obviously Ellen... Well, most powerful one is obviously Ellen Page. Maybe it's in reverse order. Most powerful is Ellen Page. Ben's actually meant to be pretty powerful before he died. And then the time-traveling guy is obviously pretty powerful. Yep. And Klaus is... Apparently Klaus gets like telekinesis in later seasons, so... In later episodes. Yeah. yeah. In the comic book, he does have telekinesis. But, yeah, at the moment, he doesn't have it in this. And then the knife-throwing guy, and then the... So, what does... The strong dude. What does he have? He's just strong. So, he's just, like, the Hulk? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Except not angry. Or is he angry? Uh, nah, not really that angry. He's a bit annoying. He's, like, by the book. Okay. Yeah. So, do you recommend people watch this? Yeah, it... It sounds interesting. Yeah, it's got a lot going on. I probably did do it justice. It's better than it is. Than well, we did give it, it five and a half out of six, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's got potential for following seasons. Yeah, I think they'll definitely do. Well, just based off what we just discussed, I think there's a lot they can explore. Well, it ends on a cliffhanger, so. So it'll be interesting, like, next season. So they're in some alternate time. I don't know where they go. He says he could teleport them somewhere but it he doesn't say where i i think he goes back in time can it so they can go back before they were born as well right yeah yeah number five does that yeah because i heard the number five who doesn't have a name for some reason because they all got names after they left so they all one by one leave the academy because the father's a dick and then after they leave the academy they get names i think so they never actually had names when they were growing up? No, no. But number five teleported to the future before he got a name, so he's just number five. But yeah, apparently he has some whole story arc where he's like an assassin or something for like... Yeah, so for the adjustment period. So they could potentially explore that as well. They, they, they explore that a little bit in the show. Like, it's it. there's like a whole episode dedicated to it. Yeah, because there's... Well, I don't know, there's some... Theories that he was behind, like, JFK's assassination and all that. Yeah, they show that. They show that on the show. But he doesn't... He he chickens out of it. He doesn't do it. Oh, he doesn't do it. So he's meant to assassinate him, but he... Instead, that's when he teleports back in time. If I had to describe it, just based off what you've you've said, it's kind of like X-Men. It's definitely got X-Men vibes. They've got uniforms like X-Men as well. Except the, the father's not like Charles Xavier. Not He's a bit of a dick, but I think I think there's some kind of redeeming factor to him, which they will explore in the coming seasons. But I'm not sure what it is yet. Yeah, and they'll probably explore the other 36 kids that were yeah, born on maybe the same ex- day. find out why it happened or like what's actually causing this. And maybe yeah. some of the other kids are still around, like doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like accounting. <laughs> they just became accountants Plumbers They're just really good at plumbing That was their power yeah, That's their power <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay So that's that's Umbrella Academy Hopefully you have seen it If you've listened to all those spoilers just then Yeah But overall, we I guess we recommend it Yeah There's, there's a lot more to the story than I've just Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That as well. There's like main characters that I didn't even touch on because there was... There's too much to explain. You got to kind of got to just watch it to really get into it. Okay, so we'll move on to the next segment that we had planned for today, and that is a movie that is strangely related to Captain Marvel. And I was just randomly browsing through, I think it was Amazon Prime Video or something, and this movie came up, and I was like, okay, I'm really bored. I was really bored. That's why I watched this movie. <laughs> and. Then I started to notice some things about the movie. So it has it it has some actors that are in Marvel movies. So that's the main connection. Uh, but it actually has Brie Larson in it, which uh, which I'll explain in a second. But the movie is thirteen going on thirty. So it's that movie with Jennifer Jennifer Garner, how she's thirteen years older than. Like that movie with um, Zac Efron, but the opposite way. Yes, it is. So in that one, he gets younger, right? Seventeen again, yeah. He's Chandler from Friends, and then he's Zac Efron. So it goes in the reverse reverse order of that. But obviously, Jennifer Garner, she was actually the first female-led Marvel hero in Elektra. Yeah, which was terrible. I th- I'm pretty sure that was the first female-led Marvel movie. Yeah, I think it is. I was going to say Catwoman, but that's DC. I forgot. Well, I think they came out around the same time. So it's she's anyway, she's one of the first uh, female-led superhero movie stars. So she's in this movie. She's the main character. So what happens is, I'll probably go straight into spoilers because this movie is like 15 years old. (laughs) Um, So if you haven't seen it, you can, by all means, go watch it. Um, It's actually not that bad. You'll have a good time. And come back here and and listen to our spoilers. So basically, she is 13 years old, hence the title 13 going on 30. And she's this unpopular kid at school and she wants to be part of this this click called the, um, I think it's called Six Chicks or something. Is this Brie Larson? No. Well, actually, so there's this group called the Six Chicks, and they're just like this group of six girls that are really popular <clears throat> at school, and she wants to be one of them. But then they would make them seven, so the whole point of the name would go out the window, so she can't really be one of them. <laughs> one of them has to get kicked out. But the the head of that or the main person of the six chicks is Judy Greer when she grows up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. she's in she's Ant-Man's ex. Yep. But anyway, when they're kids, she's I think it's her 13th birthday and she invites all of those girls as well as some of the other popular kids at school, but she really only has one friend who's her next-door neighbor. So he's there and they end up playing this like 7 minutes in heaven game or something where like you go into a closet and yeah, you just go into a closet with one other person and you just talk or something. And it's meant to be like seven minutes of heaven. But she goes first and she's meant to go in there. And like one of the other popular boys or something is meant to go in there with her. But they all end up just leaving and just leave her in the closet. <laughs> but before that, what happens is her her next door neighbor friend, he makes her this dollhouse, which has like magic pixie dust on it or something. And she basically, she finds out that no one's there 
and she gets angry and cries and she's like i wish i was 30 for some reason because she like reads this magazine called poise and in in the magazine there was some article about like 30 is the new 20 or something which is like yeah i want to be 30 and then the magic pixie dust falls on and she she wakes up and she's jennifer garner yep fair enough is she did she go from being 13 to 30 or did she go forward in time it's a good question because at the time I thought she went, she like just became some other person who's 30 at the same time, but she actually goes forward in time. So she's like the older version of herself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she's the older version of herself and she's like, she works for Poise, the magazine that she used to read when she was a kid in the 80s. But she's basically like this workaholic that loves her job and she she's not a very good person because she doesn't. She does. She basically does everything for personal gains, and she like has no friends. And you find you find that all out later. But she wakes up in in this apartment in New York, and then she's basically her best friend in the future is the leader of the the six chicks when they were kids. So Judy Greer, and they both work together in the same in the same office as well. But her boss is Andy Serkis, Ulysses Claw. Yeah, Ulysses Claw, and her best friend's Ant Man's ex. The only person that she knows from the past that might be there in the future is her next-door neighbor friend. Her parents are like... She tries to call her parents, but they're on, like, some cruise in the Caribbean or something, so she can't reach them. Okay. So so she has to call her friend... I think her friend's name is Matt or something. So she tries to find him, and she finds him, and he ends up being the Hulk, um, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And, like, it's funny, because the first thing they introduce him, he's wearing green pants as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So her her friend's Mark Ruffalo, but he it ends up that what happened that day is she like basically got really angry and she smashed the dollhouse and like she was they never met again. Like they, they weren't friends for like the rest of their life. And Jennifer Garner became one of the six chicks and she became like this really popular girl throughout high school and they basically weren't even friends for like twenty years and then so that's why, like, Mark Ruff was like, well, yeah, what are you doing here? I don't, we don't even know each other. Yeah. The the magazine that she works for, it's, like, not doing very well. So she's given a project to, like, make it better. And her and Judy Greer are meant to work together, but Judy Greer goes and does her own thing, and she, Jennifer Garner, does her own thing. So she ends up working with Mark Ruffalo, who's a photographer, to, like, fix up the, to, like, change the image of Poise, which is the magazine. But... There's a lot of hints at, well, there's a lot of 80s nostalgia because she's a big fan of like 80s music because she was a kid in the 80s. And there's this whole scene where they dance to the whole the whole song of Michael Jackson's Thriller. <laughs> like the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> They're at this party and then like basically Jennifer Garner starts dancing to Thriller and like everyone's just laughing at it. And then Mark Ruffalo joins. Like she makes Mark Ruffalo join her. And then Annie Circus and all that joined as well. And then everyone laughs harder at them. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, like suddenly everyone just starts dancing and they actually dance to like the whole song. I've actually heard about this uh, Andy Circus dancing to Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He only joins at the end though. Like, and he's not as good as the other guys at it. All that happens at the end is, so Mark Ruffalo is already engaged to some other girl. It's it, it starts to become typical romantic comedy um, towards the end, but... Basically, Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo still have feelings for each other or something, and then... But she's 13. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's 30, and she's 13. She's 13. Yeah. This is this is getting weird. Yeah. Well, there's also this part where this... Because in Jennifer Garner's apartment, there's this other girl who's who's actually 13. She's like a 13-year-old girl. Is that Brie Larson? No, Brie Larson's one of the six chicks and she has no dialogues in the whole movie. Oh, okay. You hardly even see her. Um, yeah. You, I actually didn't know she was even in it until I looked up the IMDb page. But yeah, she's in it. There's this other girl that lives in her apartment that's actually 13 and she's like a high school kid. And there's a subplot where like Jennifer Garner and her become really good friends and they have like sleepover parties. <laughs> well, yeah, because she's 13. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and towards the end, what happens is Mark Ruffalo is about to get married, and then Jennifer Garner, like something happens. Like Judy Grit tells Mark Ruffalo that 
Jennifer Garner like doesn't want him or something and he leaves and he's about to get married and then Jennifer Garner comes and she's like, are you sure you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, because you're 13. <laughs> he kinda, he yeah. pretty much says that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, and then he gives her the, the dollhouse that she smashed when they were kids with the pixie dust on it. And she sits in front of his house and cries looking at the dollhouse. And then she wakes up and she's back to being 13 again. But um, how does how does he make the same dollhouse? And oh, like he smashed he have... it, but then he remade it afterwards and, and kept it in his house for 30 years. abundance of pixie dust? And it still has a pixie dust on it for some reason. Where does he get the pixie dust from? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> is, he, is he a fairy? <laughs> He asked Doctor Strange for it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And she wakes up and she's 13 again. Yeah, she wakes up and she, she wakes up in the closet again where she's 13. And then she kicks the kicks all the popular girls out of her house. And she's not friends with them anymore. And she's friends with Mark Ruffalo. They flash forward and they just show Jennifer Garner getting married to Mark Ruffalo. And that's the end of the movie. Interesting. That When, they, when I say they flash forward, they don't show anything that happens in between. They're like 13. And then they're getting married. But yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. It sounds um, mildly creepy. <laughs> but I'm glad Mark Ruffalo didn't marry her because that would have been terrible. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I'll give you my Infinity Stone rating. So it's got the soul. It's got... It doesn't have the power. It doesn't have... It's got time because there's obviously time jumps. Time travel. It's got... Reality, because it kind of talks about like growing up and forgetting your inner child and stuff. So I guess it's got a bit of reality on it. The mind, I guess. Well, you can't really you can't really use your mind too much because it doesn't make much sense. But <laughs> maybe half a mind stone, and it doesn't have space. So it so it's got the soul, it's got time, it's got half a mind, it's got reality. But it doesn't have space and power. So it's got... Um, three, Four out of six. Three and a half. Oh, you only gave it a half. Three and a half out of six. Yeah. I gave it half of mine. So three and a half out of six. Which is pretty good for this movie. <laughs> yeah. it's a romantic you, comedy. You wouldn't expect much more. Yeah. yeah so I, I think if this movie came out now, it'd actually do pretty well. Because it's got a lot of this 80s nostalgia, which is a, which is a big thing at the moment. Yeah, but now it's moving into 90s nostalgia for Captain Marvel. Yeah, it is. Did you see how they made like a 90s website for it? Yeah, I did. It looks shit. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But I think that was the point. I think that was the point though, yeah. Well, yeah, that that was our follow We usually talk about a movie, like when there's a big Marvel movie or a DC movie coming up, we usually talk about a movie that's related to it the, the episode before. We have already talked about pretty much all the Marvel movies. So we couldn't talk about the Marvel movies, um, so we had to talk about something that had Brie Larson in it. So we probably could have picked another movie other than this, but... Yeah. But this was the most relevant. Yeah, this was the most relevant. Since it has all the other... It's got Claw and the Hulk and Ant-Man's X in it, so... Who were the most important characters in the MCU, as most people know. And it's got Brie Larson in a non-speaking role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, the other movie I wanted to talk about, which I did see this week, I guess we're moving into this segment, which I like to call What We Have Done Since the Last Episode. Yep. And I watched a movie called A Dog's Way Home. You might have heard about it. It's about a dog that gets lost and finds its way home. They did lie in the title. (laughs) Yeah. You might have seen, there's a previous movie in this, it's basically a franchise, so it's a dog, the Dogiverse where dogs are the main characters of these movies. Before this, there was a, a dog's purpose, uh, which was about a dog that's reborn. And so it basically keeps its own conscious, but it's reborn as new dogs in each life. And in the first movie, it comes full circle. So the dog's first owner is also the owner that the dog has at the end of the movie. But in between, it, the dog has multiple other owners as another dog, if it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it has different owners in the middle, but then it comes back to the previous owner. Yeah, again. and it remembers. And then the, the owner actually figures out that it's the same dog as well. Okay, yeah. The the owner's Dennis Quaid. So Dennis Quaid had it when he was a kid, and then they used to... In this movie or in A Dog's Purpose? In A Dog's Purpose. 
but this this movie is more of a spin-off of a dog's purpose so it doesn't have the same dog in it so the dog in this one is Bryce Dallas Howard you mean Bryce Dallas Howard acts as the dog like she she's she the voice of the, the dog voice. yeah yeah no no she actually acts as the dog <laughs> she's on all fours for the whole movie she like she runs around yeah she like barks at everything yeah, she, she did motion capture for it, yeah. No, it's not motion capture either. It's just her as a dog. But yeah, the, it's basically about this pit bull that's born under a house or something where there's all these cats and dogs, like stray cats and stray dogs. She's picked up by this, this kid who adopts her and then one day they they have to make her leave the city because pit bulls are banned in this city that they live in. And they take her to this other house and she's living there with these other owners and she decides to like go find find the kid again so she leaves the house and the new owners live 600 kilometers away or something somewhere really far from where where the kid lives the dog basically gets lost for three years and then finds a way home and in between she has like different owners and she meets this cougar the cougar as like a leopard not we had this conversation before but (laughs) it's not an old woman um, it's an actual cougar, like a real cougar. Yeah. And yeah, so she makes friends with like different creatures and stuff in between. And then she finally finds a way home after three years. And then there's a scene at the end where like the police come to arrest them because they have a pit bull in this city. And the main kid's mother is like part of the army and she has all these army friends. And they're like, nah, we don't want you to take Like there's this whole standoff where they're like, oh, we don't want you to take it. And then. The policeman at the end is just like, yeah, it's just a dog. Let's just leave it. It sounds very confrontational. <laughs> and then it's the end. And then the dog's back at home. It found its way home. Just watch the trailer and you basically watch the whole You've movie. You've basically seen the movie. Because yeah. <laughs> it shows you the whole movie. It literally shows you the end as well. So, yeah, you can either listen to this explanation or watch the trailer. Or if you really want, you can watch the movie. Your explanation wasn't great, to be honest. So, <laughs> look... I would recommend probably watching the movie. Yeah. yeah, and there's this segment of the movie where the dog is adopted by this homeless man and then the homeless man chains the dog to his to him, basically, to his pants and then the homeless man dies and the dog is just, like, sitting there for weeks, I think, waiting for <laughs> someone to find them and then someone finds him and, lets, and let the dog go. And where were they? Were they in, like, some... I think they were in some, like, middle of some park or something where no one goes to so like there was no one there yep yep but i guess i can give it my infinity stone rating it's got so this movie is basically banking on soul so like if it didn't have soul it would completely fall flat but i think that's all it has yeah it's it's definitely got the soul stone it doesn't have the power it doesn't have probably doesn't have reality because to be honest a dog couldn't do all the stuff that this dog does (laughs) <laughs> it's friends with like cats and stuff as well like because the mum the the dog's actual mum gets taken away and for some time it lives with a cat and it calls the cat mum so it probably isn't that realistic it doesn't have space it doesn't have power it doesn't have reality mind maybe half a mind stone oh that's that's generous by the sounds of it's it but yeah, yeah it is generous um <laughs> No, you could you could give it half a mind. Yeah, maybe just because there's parts of it that talk about like dog adoption and stuff like that, which I guess is kind of relevant and topical. So maybe half a milestone, and obviously, so I would only give it one and a half because yeah, I can't really give it time either because apparently the movie goes for three years, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> It, it it the movie feels really long because there's not much happening for a lot of it too. I would I wouldn't give it the time stamp. So probably one and a half out of six. One and a half out of six. It sounds like a solid movie. Yeah. I definitely sold that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> the dog's purpose is probably better than this one though. Because this one's basically mostly just about the dog. Like the whole movie is basically just the dog. But the dog's purpose has more humans and stuff in it so it's a little bit better and i think there's a sequel coming out later this year to dog's purpose called a dog's journey i think and that follows the same storyline as the dog's purpose 
but it's about the guy. You can watch the trailer. And you've again, you've probably watched the whole movie because these trailers just show you the whole thing. But it's about the guy's granddaughter and how the dog is meant to help the granddaughter. Okay. And yeah, like in that movie, the dogs. I think the dog is reborn like multiple times as different dogs, and that one's got Josh Gad as the dog. You seem very invested in this universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's obviously like. The up-and-coming universe after Marvel. (laughs) Okay, so we'll talk about some of the trailers that came out this week. Two of them. So Dark Phoenix and Detective Pikachu. Did you watch the Detective Pikachu one? Yeah, I did, yep. Did you watch the... There was like a a trailer to the trailer with Ryan Reynolds just talking about how he became Pikachu? No, I didn't. (laughs) That sounds funny, though. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He's just talking about like how he kind of prepared for the role of Pikachu and how he, like, basically became Pikachu. And, yeah, like, apparently, like, he was... When he got the call to do the role, he was dropping his kids off at school or something, and then he just, like, left them because Pikachu doesn't have kids. <laughs> so he just left <laughs> It's pretty funny. And his wife's in it, too, in in that one. Um, yeah, what, yeah. What's his wife's name? Blake Lively. Blake yeah, Lively. Blake Lively's in it. In, in that one minute. It's only like a one-minute clip. It's pretty funny. It's probably better than the actual trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the actual trailer was also pretty good. It had Mewtwo in it. It did, yeah. Still not sure what the story of this is, but... Something about finding that guy's father. Yeah. And some sort yeah. of mystery behind that. And there's heaps of Pokemon. Yeah, there is. When they said it was Detective Pikachu, I thought it was mostly just going to be about Pikachu. You, there wouldn't be that many other Pokemon in it. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. But it looks like there's lots of other Pokemon as well. It's got Charizard in it. Who looks like has a cage fight with Pikachu. <laughs> Wonder if Pikachu evolves into Raichu at any stage. Probably not. No, because then it would be Detective Raichu and that just doesn't sound as good. Yeah. So that's coming out in May. It's It wasn't in my most anticipated list, but it's starting to look pretty good. I think it was in mine, wasn't it? It might have been, yeah. Yeah, it didn't make mine, but I think it's probably would make mine now. It's coming out around the same time as Aladdin, and I think it's looking better than Aladdin, to be honest. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Anything with Ryan Reynolds in it, I love, so it would eat shit stuff. <laughs> like Green Lantern? Maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we'll talk about the the other trailer, Dark Phoenix. So basically Mystique dies, I think. It looks like it. Well, it was actually confirmed by the director that Mystique dies. Oh, okay. I don't know why they showed that in the trailer, but sure. <laughs> and apparently it happens pretty early in the movie as well. So I think the inten- their intention was to kind of be... You know how the Russo said that Thanos does something like pretty crazy in the first scene of Infinity War, which makes him like... What, kills Loki? Yeah, like, they didn't say who he kills. They just said um, he, he does something pretty crazy in the first scene. So he, like, fights the Hulk and kills Loki. But they didn't obviously say that. These guys actually said that Mystique dies and and Phoenix kills her. I don't think Jennifer Lawrence wanted to be there, so I think they were forced into killing Mystique. It was just like, we have no choice here. It wasn't the plan, but yeah. But obviously, this, I think this movie is actually going to come out. So it's going to happen. It looks like just X-Men 3. It just looks the same. Pretty much, yeah. But I think what happens is, because they also released a poster, and it's kind of like Civil War as well, so it has like two sides. So it's got Phoenix in the middle, and then it's got Mystique, uh, not Mystique, Magneto's side, and Charles, Charles's side. Except Beast is on Magneto's side. But that's the same as X-Men 3, because they have that storyline how there's Magneto's, I don't know, Magneto wants to kill all the humans or whatever and i don't know i haven't seen x-men 3 in ages but they there's like a massive battle at the end i don't know if you remember yeah i vaguely remember it but is beast is still on charles's side right in x-men 3 yeah is beast even in this yes he is right yeah he is yeah yeah but yeah in this it looks like beast like switches sides or something because they set up this whole thing how he kind of has feelings for mystique and then probably mystique dies and mystique probably dies and then he wants to kill phoenix and uh, i could see where it's probably going yeah and there's that i think there's a subplot of how charles suppressed gene's powers or something so he blames charles for it which is what happens in x-men 3 as well yeah except charles dies in the first scene of x-men 3 
Yeah. In this, they did Mystique instead. But this new X-Men series, like, they made Mystique way too important of a character. Like, she's not meant to be that important. She's like the main character. She's pretty much... Because in Days of Future Past, she's pretty much the main character. She's like the central character in that movie. Apocalypse as well. They make her like this this hero, but she's not meant to be that important. It's only because she's Jennifer Lawrence. They kind of have to use her. Because in First Class, she wasn't that important. She was just there. But she was Jennifer Lawrence, so... I think... But that was before she was really that popular. First Class. And then she became really popular with Hunger Games and stuff. But yeah, that's, um, that's going to be the end of the X-Men franchise. Is the other one going to come out? New Mutants? Uh, I, I assume so, in some way. Might be straight to streaming or something. Yeah, or they might actually release it. There's been no trailers apart from the one that came out like two years ago. Yeah, the first trailer. <laughs> I I think it will come out in some some form. Keep an eye out for that. But we've got the Who Am I, which I talked about earlier this episode. You said you knew who it was. Let's see if you did know who it was. I'll quickly go through the clues again just to refresh your memory. So, I'm a direct descendant of Genghis Khan and was born to a wealthy father who lost everything in a communist revolution. After finding a key to my powers in a crashed alien starship, I made plans to seize the world, only to clash often with my arch nemesis, who's a key member of the Avengers. I developed teleportation technology, which I used to get myself out of trouble. I teamed up with various villains, including Enchantress, Executioner, and Living Laser. My first appearance in comics was in 1964, and I am 6 feet 2 inches tall and 215 pounds in weight. So who am I? Uh, is it Kang? No, it is not. not. Kang. It is not Kang. I just thought it was Kang because it was his time travel. Who's Kang's arch nemesis? One of the event. I think it's Captain America. I don't know if he's, that's his arch nemesis, though. So this is... so. Hopefully the listeners have figured it out, but this is the Mandarin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Iron Man's arch nemesis. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, you, you tricked me with the time travel aspect. No, it's I said teleportation, not time travel. So. Oh, shit. You said teleportation. I'm just not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it wasn't time travel. I left out there was a clue about the rings. Because he finds, so in the in the alien starship, he finds the ten rings, which allow him to basically get his powers. So once you, once you get the rings, you'll get that it's Mandarin, because he's the only one with the rings in the Marvel Universe. And I also left out the part that he's born in China. Yeah, I probably still would have guessed Kang, because I thought you said t- time travel. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe one day we'll do Kang for one of these, and let's see if you guess at that time. Yeah, well, if you say time travel, then I will. No, say teleportation, and then I'll think it's time travel. <laughs> okay. So I guess that's that's it for this episode. So if people want to contact us, how do they go about it? Uh, so we at C Recalibration on Twitter, Cognitive, Re- uh, Cognitive Recalibration Podcast at gmail.com, and at Cogni- Cognitive Recalibration at Facebook and what's the other one? Instagram. And we, you can find us on any of the podcasting platforms available. And if you do enjoy our content, please do give us a su- subscribe on your podcast service and also like our Facebook page. So we're, that's becoming a lot more active these days. We've got all our updates are going to be through our Facebook page now. So do give us a like on the Facebook page um, so you can keep up to date with our latest episodes and whatever else we may be up to may have some events coming up later this year as well. So those will also be posted on the Facebook page. Okay, that's it. That's the show. That's it. So we'll see you guys next week for Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. First Marvel movie of this year. First of the three. Yeah, first since Ant-Man. Yeah, it's been a while actually since we've talked about Marvel. So we'll see what happens. Till then, see you in the next episode of Cognitive Recalibration. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.